Welcome to episode two of the Daily Fantasy Dudes podcast. I'm Tom Gallon, along with my cohort in crime, Matt Van Every. Matt, how are you doing this evening? Doing well, Tom. Thanks a lot. All right. This episode will feature a look at each position with our top players in Daily Fantasy, as well as some guys with big question marks that you may want to avoid most weeks. Now, obviously, in the daily game, each week's matchups present unique opportunities and situations. So keep in mind that our rankings are more of a general guide. The actual matchups and player salaries will go a long way in determining the right choices in a given week. We'll have our recommended picks for week one on our regular show, which will be posted Saturday, September 12th, along with updates on the DailyFantasyDudes.com website on Sunday. As promised, our shows will be very straightforward Right to the point, so let's get it rolling. First up, the all-important quarterback position. Matt, why don't you give us a quick rundown of your top 10, and I'll follow with mine, and then we can discuss how wrong the other guy is. (laughs) All right, Tom. At number 10, Peyton Manning, Denver Broncos. Number 9, Carson Palmer, Arizona Cardinals. Number 8, Drew Brees of the New Orleans Saints. Number 7, Matt Ryan, Atlanta Falcons. Number six, Tony Romeo Romo of the Dallas Cowboys. Number five, Russell Wilson, the Seattle Seahawks. Number four, Sam Bradford of the Philadelphia Eagles. Number three, Ben Roethlisberger, Pittsburgh Steelers. Number two, Andrew Luck of the Indianapolis Colts. And number one, not much fanfare to this, Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers. Well, I don't think we're going to be all that far off. So here's my list. I'm going to start at number 10 with Philip Rivers. I do like Sam Bradford. He's my number nine. Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, Tony Romo. I love Ryan Tannehill this year. He's my number four quarterback. Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers, and I got Andrew Luck as my number one. But I think, you know, I've been sold lately, and I, unfortunately I think a lot of people are, on the guy that you had high hopes on, Sam Bradford. Give us a little background of what you know about Sam Bradford. You know, I've watched every game that Sam Bradford played in in college at OU, and he is a accurate passer who makes good decisions. He's able to make quick decisions. It surprises me that from day one, his game did not translate better to the NFL. However, I think that had more to do with the offensive lines he was playing behind and with the lack of skill position players that he had in St. Louis. You know, it's it's very difficult for a number one draft choice to go and excel, as we've seen time and time again. However, now, playing in a spread offense, very uh, similar to what he was used to and what he excelled at and won a Heisman Trophy with at Oklahoma, is what Chip Kelly runs in Philadelphia. He's a good player. I think Kelly's going to keep him healthy. And as long as he stays healthy, I think he's got the skills and the brain to make that $50 million investment that the Rams made in him look like it was smart, although eh, just not for them. Yeah, I would agree with most of that. It's just a matter of staying healthy. I'm not sure how much Chip can do about, you know, preventing guys from purposely hitting him a little low like happened in the preseason already. But certainly if he's healthy, he's a quality quarterback. To me, health is the big issue with Tony Romo because I think he can have a big year. He'll probably be needed to throw the ball more. He's certainly got a great target in Dez. But his back situation, that always scares me. So we'll, we'll see how it goes with Tony I do love Ryan Tannehill. I would be go so far as to say on most weeks when I'm playing a few different lineups, it'll be rare that Tannehill isn't in one of those lineups because he threw for over 4,000 yards last year. I think he's really coming into his own. He's got a very good team around him now. I expect big things from Ryan Tannehill. 
you're probably right there, Tom. I've heard you mention his name before, and so I've I've gone and looked into him a little bit closer, just because you know the Dolphins never uh, they've they've never been on my radar so much, and Rand Tannehill definitely not that much on my radar. However, I think you're onto something, and I would definitely consider him a player that I would look to put in my lineup, possibly even a Week One lineup if the value's there. Yeah, he's got a good matchup, so I don't I wouldn't be shy about playing him in Week One at all. There are a few guys that certainly I think are on the downside. I mean, I absolutely consider Drew Brees one of the better quarterbacks, but his days as a fantasy stalwart I think are long gone. His stats are showing that over the last several years. I hate Jay Cutler. I just I think the guy's a horrible leader, and that's what you've got to be. So while he may have a big week or two, I wouldn't play him hardly ever. And then Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, either one of them. Peyton's on a little bit of a downside. There's still some questions in New York with, you know, Cruz isn't going to be back probably by week one. So I'm not sure all those weapons around Eli are going to be there yet. And he made so many mistakes last year that he makes me very edgy. And then Brady, fantasy-wise, you know, he's still a winner as far as a quarterback. But fantasy-wise, on the daily scene, very much a mid-range quarterback at most. And I think that that description right there, that last words on the fantasy scene, mid-range quarterback, applies to Russell Wilson as well. I know that he's a dual threat. He did put up some 100-yard rushing games last year, which I think everybody's gotten pretty enamored with. But when you go and stick someone in your lineup counting on a 100-yard rushing game out of a quarterback, it's few and far between. And so to me, I've seen Russell Wilson in that top three. I just don't see that this year. You know, maybe I'll be proven wrong, more of a wait-and-see mode with him. But I'm not going to put Russell Wilson up there with Andrew Luck, with Aaron Rodgers in that range. However, I notice we both have Ben Roethlisberger up there. What are you thinking about Roethlisberger? He's going to be throwing the ball much like he did last year. First of all, the first two weeks, no Le'Veon Bell. He'll be passing probably more than usual. He's really tough to bring down. Yeah, Ben's definitely a quality, quality fantasy player. A couple guys that I didn't mention. Joe Flacco, I think, is another one. Could be on the fringe, but there'll be some weeks where Joe Flacco will be a great value play. And then in San Francisco, originally I was thinking, you know what? Kaepernick's probably a guy you can look out for. Maybe sneak him in there. They're going to have to score because the defense is going to suck. But so far, what I've seen in the preseason, the offense sucks as well. So I'm probably going to wait and see on Kaepernick before I'd ever even think of playing him in daily fantasy. Well, I think we both have one pretty glaring omission now that I think about it, and that is Matthew Stafford up in Detroit. What do you think about Matthew Stafford? Not a big fan, and he's the coaching change there last year kind of Pulled him back a little bit. I think that'll continue this year. Let's move on to running back. I'll start with my top 10. Number 10, we got Justin Forsett. And we got C.J. Anderson, Jeremy Hill, Jamal Charles. I love Latavius Murray. And we got DeMarco Murray, Adrian Peterson, Eddie Lacy, Marshawn Lynch. And once he's back and fully playing, probably that won't be till week four, Le'Veon Bell is my number one. I'm pretty similar to you in a lot of respects there as well. At number 10, Justin Forsett. Number nine, Mark Ingram. Number eight, C.J. Anderson. Number seven, DeMarco Murray. Six, Jamal Charles. Five, Matt Forte. Number four, Beast Mode himself, Marshawn Lynch. Number three, Eddie Lacy. Number two, Le'Veon Bell, which means number one, you know it, all day, baby, Adrian Peterson. I certainly probably give him number one the first week since they're playing the Niners. I'm not so sure about number one as it goes for the rest of the season. But, uh, yeah, not, not a bad choice. I'll give you a few of my doubtless. I, I do not think for anything for fantasy this year, for daily fantasy, that Alfred Morris or the Redskins in general will be meaningful. I'm kind of down on Matt Forte only because I don't think they're going to be throwing the ball to him that much, and that's a big part of his game is that he caught a lot of balls last year. LaShawn McCoy, 
I do believe in, and there's no reason why they would have cut Fred Jackson if they didn't believe him too in Buffalo. But I'm kind of in that waiting see mode. Let's see what he does because he did have a kind of an odd year last year in a very powerful offense. And then two others, I'd say Doug Martin is enough to keep on the radar. I'm not going to say that he's going to have some big numbers, but he's going to be cheap. He'll be cheap early going. And I, a lot of what I've heard is he he's back, and if they're going to be needing to cover for their rookie quarterback, most of what I've heard is that they won't be playing the defenses eight in the box against them like they did so much last year, which gave them so many problems. So he might have a bounce back. And I wouldn't actually be shocked behind that big offensive line if occasionally you could get a big game out of Darren McFadden. It'll be risky, but occasionally you can get him cheap. And that line in, in Dallas, no doubt, is huge. All he has to do is pop through and he can go. Well, talk about living on the edge. I'm not even sure that he's the best back on his team. From what I hear, Joseph Randall may be the guy that gets the majority of the carries. However, I'm with you. It's hard for me to imagine. Goodness, I mean, I, in where I live here in this part of the country, I saw a lot of him in college at Arkansas. And my goodness, he was an amazing runner. And he had some really special performances up in Oakland as well. It just seems like there's always something, you know, wrong time, wrong place. I don't know what the story is. But if you were to put him in the lineup in the right week, you know, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if he goes out and gets a 200-yard game this year. However, it also wouldn't surprise me if he gets hurt and misses half the season either. So you never know. But yeah, I do like some of those guys that you're you're a little more down on. I like Forte quite a bit. I think that, yes, he does need to catch those passes. It's a kind of a wait and see, as you said. The new coach is there. They still have color, which I'm with you. I'm not a crazy about color. But, um, you know, Matt Forte, every time I count him out, he just comes back and proves me wrong. LaShawn McCoy, same deal. You know, he's been playing in Philadelphia. First, he had Andy Reid. Then he had Chip Kelly, so he's had some of the best offensive minds in the game coaching him and and setting him up, which now he's going to go play for a Rex Ryan coach team. Rex Ryan is a brilliant coach, a brilliant defensive coach, though, and I just don't know if he's going to be able to mix it up and get LaShawn involved the way that he was in Philadelphia. But I want to say, too, as far as Adrian Peterson knows, because I know there's a lot of people out there that are doubting him, and yeah, you hit the nail on the head in week one. He is going to be like a caged animal. He's been sitting out for a year, getting frustrated and angry, and boy, he is just going to get unleashed on that 49er defense up in uh, Levi State. Let me go ahead and mention a couple others, too, that I like. Trey Mason is one in St. Louis. I know they've got Todd Gurley as well, the rookie. I'm not sold on Gurley yet. You know, he's he's been injured, had, had that big injury history. And personally, I think Trey Mason was a pretty good back if he can stay healthy. Another one is in San Diego, Brandon Oliver. I do like the rookie that they drafted, but I'm not sure that he is going to be able to come in and even beat out Brandon Oliver because Oliver had a, a some pretty good games last year. He's a hard runner, runs through tackles, which is what you like to see out of a, a running back. And I know Mike McCoy likes that. And then another one as well that I think has some potential, but, you know, and I'm not the only one, but that's Jeremy Hill in Cincinnati. You know, he is going to be split in time with Giovanni Bernard, who's going to be in there on third down. Not very much. Everything I've heard is that Jeremy has pretty much taken over that position and will certainly be the goal line guy. Giovanni, I, I don't know. I, I heard, I can't remember who it was, but said he might catch as many as 60 to 75 passes next year. So those are passes that could go to Jeremy Hill. But yeah, I agree with you. I think Jeremy Hill, I think he's a safe bet. He probably won't be in my week one lineup. I'll say that much. One guy that will be though, and he is in my top 10, is Mark Ingram. That's a guy that I think he started off really hot last year. And personally, you know, I, I could definitely see my first couple weeks lineup featuring a value play of Mark Ingram. We'll wait and see, but that's uh, that's on my mind. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the tides are turning a little bit in New Orleans where maybe they're going to focus on the running game, and he's a big part of it. So we'll see. I mean, that's one of those things where I wouldn't necessarily disagree with any of those, but sometimes it's a pick and choose based on the week, the matchup, or did he show something 
previously that you saw that said he's worth playing because you know in daily fantasy there's probably five or six running backs that are your studs and the rest are all a little bit of a question mark. I rostered him quite a few times last year, and more often than not, he came through. Uh, and I kind of think he's turned the corner and that he's ready to establish himself in that top 20 to 15, and even as I have him, the top 10 backs in the NFL. All right, let's move on to wide receiver. Go ahead and give us your rundown. Okay, number 10, Randall Cobb. Number 9, Andre Johnson. Number 8, Megatron Calvin Johnson. Number 7, A.J. Green. Number 6, Jordan Matthews, number five, Demarius Thomas, number four, J.J., Julio Jones, number three, Dez Bryant, and number two, my main man, Odell Beckham, and number one, the picture of consistency, Antonio Brown. Yeah, I think pretty much everybody recognizes how good Antonio's gotten to be over the years, and you know, he can run the ball. He, he does all kinds of. He's just a, he's a fantastic player. Not not size wise, but he just does everything right, and that's part of the reason why I'm a big Ben Roethlisberger backer on the quarterback side. All right, so here's my list. I actually, like I say, we I love Ryan Tannehill. I think Jarvis Landry is set up for a great season. Hundred catches would would be like a bare minimum. I think he's going to be a great player. Calvin Johnson, Keenan Allen, Demarius Thomas. I love Brandon Cooks because I think he's going to be the Main focus from quarterback Drew Brees there in New Orleans. Julio Jones, Randall Cobb, assuming he does come back and he's fine from the injury, I think he's going to be great. Des Bryant, Odell, and Antonio Brown. I'm I'm in a wait-and-see mode on Randall Cobb. I do have him at number 10. But, uh, you know, a guy that I'm really excited about, though, and I think it could experience a a real renaissance is Andre Johnson going to play with Andrew Luck in Indianapolis. You know, poor Andre down there at Houston, different coaches, different quarterbacks. I mean, just up and down every year. And, you know, he always kept a pretty good attitude. You never heard a lot of flack from him till the very end. I don't even know if I'd say the end. He he was frustrated when the quarterbacks weren't playing well. You, You could totally see it. He would give up on plays. He, I, mean, I remember the game against the Raiders that they lost. He walked off the field before the game was over. So attitude-wise, I'm not sure I'm with you, but I believe the change of scenery, the great quarterback, absolutely. I expect Andre to have a humongous year. I kind of think he's a better option than T.Y. Hilton. I'd agree with that easily. I mean, he's a big, big target. You know, he goes can go over the middle, but he's also got speed. And you know what? Anybody that can whip Cortland Finnegan the way he did, boy, he gets extra points for that from me. Yeah, sounds good. I also like Amari Cooper. I totally believe in with the Raiders. I think he'll be the best rookie receiver for sure. I'm not down on Jordan Matthews. It's just that I think there's so many weapons that they have to go to that it's going to be tough to call when he has the big week. Pretty much any Redskin receiver, I won't touch because I just think they're going to suck. Deshaun Jackson can have a good week here and there, but you just never know. And Alshon Jeffrey, I'll tell you, so far, everything I've read, he's like been day-to-day on the injury list all preseason, which tells you something else is going on. You know, the Bears, I don't think anybody really expects them to make a big jump. And if he's got attitude problems, which is what I'm reading into this, that's a bad sign because Alshon for sure was their number one guy. If he's going into this season putting on the attitude, you got an attitude quarterback and an attitude receiver, forget it. That's the key right there. You said it. Attitude quarterback. That's what I was thinking about. You know, that's just an attitude team in some ways. I think there, there's a lot of dysfunction there. And so if, if Alshon's a little, you know, I wouldn't, I don't know what's going on behind closed doors up there, but it wouldn't surprise me one bit either. You know, Tom, let me ask you, you're, you're up in this, this is your neck of the woods. You did mention the Raiders. What's the deal with Michael Crabtree? I don't think there's a whole lot expected from him other than, you know, the, oh, it's almost like spring training in baseball. You hear all the hype before things have really happened. But for the most part, 
I think everybody's convinced that Amari Cooper is the man, and Crabtree's probably a good fit, but I wouldn't expect anything. Fantasy-wise, as far as daily, I don't think you'll ever see me play Michael Crabtree. That's good enough for me. He's right in your backyard. So let me point out a couple guys that I do like just outside my top 10. One is a, he kind of came on last year, had some good games. I'm not going to put him in week one, but John Brown down in Arizona, he seems to have a rapport going with Carson Palmer. He was also one of his favorite targets in the red zones. I believe he caught, you know, six or seven touchdown passes last year in somewhat limited action. So keep an eye on John Brown. And then also, I I like Jarvis Landry as well. He's not in my top 10, but he is just outside. And he's a guy that I I think is going to have a big year. 100 catches, you're putting him in some lofty company, but you never know. Another guy I really like is Stevie Johnson in San Diego, along with Keenan Allen. I think they're going to make a really nice two-headed monster. And then finally... Kenny Stills. This is my my long shot, but Kenny Stills is a heck of a receiver. Going down there to Miami, I think him and, and Jarvis Landry, speaking of two-headed monsters, the two of them with Ryan Tannehill and then some of the other weapons that they've surrounded Tannehill with, boy, you know, the, the more I think about it, Tom, you might really be onto something with Tannehill because Kenny Stills is a heck of a wide receiver. I agree with all those except for Stevie Johnson. Stevie Johnson is so freaking overrated. He'll be third guy in San Diego. I, I can't imagine him being a big deal. But the other guys, I'm, I'm totally with you. Kenny Stills, quality receiver. They have definite weapons around Tannehill now. They've really surrounded him. They've done a good job down there. Miami, they seem, they're hungry. They want, they want to go places. They want to go, uh, you know, Super Bowl or bust, I think, has got to be on their mind. Another guy down there, speaking of Florida, is Mike Evans over in Tampa. You know, he's a big target. You know, I'm not exactly sure about his quarterback. Famous Jameis does leave a little bit to be desired for me. I'm not sold on him yet. I don't know that he gets it. But Mike Evans is a big guy. And, you know, I watched a lot of him, his play at Texas A&M as well. And, you know, he's got a lot of talent. And with Vincent Jackson on the opposite field, keep an eye out for Mike Evans. He's a guy that could definitely be sneaking into some of my lineups in the first few weeks. While I would agree that he's the talent you claim he is, I, the question marks at quarterback and the wealth of quality wide receivers in better situations, I don't think you'll be seeing Mike Evans very often in mind until you know he has that game or, or until the new quarterback shows that, yeah, I'm going to be a good rookie. Otherwise, I'll wait and see. Let's move on to tight end. Tight ends, we're going to go top five because, let's face it, there's not that many quality tight ends. I'm going to go with Vernon Davis, expecting him to have a little bit of a bounce back. He'll be one of the few guys that can be a regular target for Kaepernick. Martellus Bennett, I like him, mainly because of his size, and especially if Alshon's going to be a pain in the rear. I think uh, Bennett's the guy that Cutler will be targeting. Travis Kelsey, I think it's pretty well established as a quality guy in Kansas City. Greg Olson for Carolina, maybe the only target for Cam Newton. And Rob Gronkowski, I don't think anybody questions that he is the best tight end in football. The party monster himself, Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, at number five for me is Delaney Walker in Tennessee. I think Delaney is an underrated receiver, as consistent as they come. At number four, Owen Daniels up in Denver. Number three, Travis Kelsey. Number two, I'm all over Greg Olson. I love Greg Olson. I could see him having a monster year. And number one, the party monster himself, Gronk. Yeah, I think we're pretty much in agreement. You know, Julius Thomas is out for a few weeks. Otherwise, I might have had him in that list with Jacksonville. Jimmy Graham, I just, you know, I'm going to wait and see because his numbers weren't that spectacular last year, and every week he was considered the number one or number two tight end, depending on if if Gronk was playing. So a little question on him. And then Kobe Fleener, I just don't think there's going to be enough. He's got so much around him that I don't think Luck's going to be looking his way quite as often. And then Jason Witten with Dallas, you know, he showed signs that he was slipping a little bit last year. I think this year will be the the severe drop-off where he's not one of the elite daily fantasy tight ends. 
Well, and speaking of Jason Witten, that makes that just outside my top five is Dallas's second string tight end, possibly, you know, 1A, Gavin Escobar. I think Escobar is a big target, and I do agree with you. As much as I like Jason Witten, and I've had a lot of fun watching him for the past decade, I think his his best days are behind him. And I think Gavin, this is the year Gavin Escobar ascends and says, hey, you know what? I'm the tight end of the future here in Dallas. Another guy I really like is in San Diego, Ladarius Green. Again, there are some question marks with him because I know that it's been said in the past that he was going to step up big. But as long as Antonio Gates has been healthy, it's tough to step up and take a job from a future Hall of Famer like that. However, he's out the first four weeks. I think that's the time that, that when he comes back, he may just slide into the number two spot because Ladarius may have established himself. Another guy I really like is in Atlanta. Nobody's talking about Jacob Tammy. And I think Jacob Tammy could really be set up for a big, big year, catching balls from Matt Ryan, kind of filling that role that uh, that Gonzalez was in a couple years back. They do have a new coach down there and a new system. I'll be interested to see how that plays out. But Jacob Tammy is a, a name to watch. And a kind of similar situation in New Orleans with Josh Hill replacing Jimmy Graham. I'm with you. I'm not real big on Graham. Something was going on that past last month of the season that he was in New Orleans. As much as that puts me down on Jimmy Graham, it does make me think that Josh Hill in New Orleans could be a good play. He's not going to go in my week one lineup or anything. I'm going to have to wait and see, but keep your eye on him. Of those choices, Tammy, certainly with the matchup against Philadelphia in a week one, that would seem like a wise choice is probably one of the cheaper tight ends in a game where you should see a lot of scoring. Moving on to defense, for the most part, these are pretty straightforward. I think we'll have a slight disagreement, but I'm going to go with that number five, the Jets, followed by Denver, Miami, St. Louis, and I'm buying into what I'm seeing on hard knocks, the Houston Texans. Boy, the Texans do look good. That is true. If Jadavian Clowney stays healthy, look out. At number five for me, I've got the Arizona Cardinals. That secondary, whoo! At number four is the aforementioned Houston Texans. Number three, Denver Broncos. Two, the Hawks up in Seattle. And number one, the St. Louis Rams. And as far as defenses go, obviously, from week to week and daily, you know, you're going to go with the best value that meets a certain criteria. So chances are a lot of weeks we're not taking Houston. We're not taking St. Louis or the higher price one. So defense is tough to call. We're just giving you our best guesses because from week to week, you're going to go with the matchup. You're going to go with the value so that you can fill in on other spots. That's exactly right. You know, frequently I'll look down at defense and just say, who lets me get a little bit more ability at tight end? Who lets me get a little bit more at wide receiver? You know, I'll, uh, I'll just take whoever's playing the Raiders. Well, in the past, that certainly would work. I think this year it might be whoever's taking the or playing the 49ers or certainly a team like or that. the Browns, yeah. yeah. The Browns is another yeah. good. Yeah, the Browns for sure. I, I'm not buying... First of all, I don't think Manziel's going to be their quarterback, but if he ever is, that first week he's playing, I'm taking the defense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Johnny Football is uh, not Johnny Pro Football, and I don't know that he's ever going to be. Now he's, he's Johnny Canada if he wants to keep up a pro oh, career. Oh. All right. So there you have it. Another episode in the can. Join us next week. We'll be focusing on rookies and the guys who have moved to new teams during the offseason. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. And visit our website at dailyfantasydudes.com. Matt, great talk and shop with you as always. Tom, it's been a pleasure. All right, that's a wrap. Join us next time on the Daily Fantasy Dudes podcast.